Are you ready for an update about Canada and all this stuff? I talked to Pastor Jeffrey yesterday for about two hours. And good conversation yesterday afternoon. Um, and we talked about a number of things. But the Lord kind of brought some things together for me about this trip. After I got done talking to him, and I was talking to my family a little bit, and it just, some things kind of clicked. Okay? So, let me get my map out. Are you ready? Let me see if I can find my map. There it is. There's my map. Okay. So, let's go. Let's go. Actually, we'll. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay, let's zoom out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Okay. All right. So I want to show you something. I always feel like that fire marshal bill. Let me show you something. <laughs> Sorry. I, I hate to think about those bad references and things. But just, <laughs> just, every time I say that, it's what I think of, though. Let me show you something. Oh, <laughs> Fabian's laughing his head off right now. He's like, he's like, yep, that's you. <laughs> okay, sorry. Ah, okay. Now, serious. I'm being serious here for a second, sort of. All right. So, here we are in Toronto, which is where we're going. And I'll be there. From Saturday, you definitely have a brain fog. Thanks, Fabian. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to give you a brain fog. Uh, we're going to be there from Saturday the 18th. Man, my screen's freezing. What's up with that? Now I'm not having any delay, it doesn't look like. I don't know what the deal is. Nope, that's good. I think it's Rumble might be doing that. Anyway. Um, so Toronto, the 18th, uh, May 18th in Toronto. Okay. So May 18th and we'll get there Saturday, May 18th. We'll be there Sunday to preach. I'll preach probably two or three times on Sunday. If anybody's coming, I'll probably preach at least twice, maybe three times if he wants me to. Uh, we'll find out what he wants. Okay. And then on the rest of the time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll be doing Baptist history. I'll be interviewing Pastor Jeffrey. Uh, we'll be recording things for our documentary on open air preaching, religious liberty, evangelism, all those things. It's kind of a, Right? Um, so there's a number of things we'll be doing there with that. Lots of things, okay? So I'm just giving you this update now, and Andrew and I will put together a video sometime in the future giving you the objectives like I did before, and I'll kind of give you an idea. But listen, this is exciting because God really revealed some things to me here today, uh, last night, actually. Uh, so 
there's a problem with religious liberty in Toronto, in, in Canada, period. Okay? So in Canada, the, the Gestapo, so to speak, is out there, okay? Pastors need to get up and preach the word of God. They still have liberty to do so. We're trying to encourage pastors on the American side and on the Canadian side, okay? So we're trying to encourage both. And I thought about the difference in us being not arrested and hauled to jail. But in over in Canada, Pastor Jeffrey being arrested and hauled into jail and sitting in a jail cell for a day and a half. I'm going to show you the difference in why that happened versus in America. And to do that in this documentary... There's more, though. I'm going to be doing more. Pastor Jeffrey is a saved Jew. Pastor Jeffrey is a Hebrew, and he was saved. And his father got saved. His father died and went to heaven. I believe his mother died and went to heaven, I think. I'm not for sure about that. I don't know that for sure. So don't quote me on that one. But I know his father did. So... Pastor Jeffrey got saved by the grace of God, called to preach. And anyway, so we're going to talk about the whole Jewish uh, believers and things like that. We're going to talk about that, too, while we're there. So we'll be doing that, too. Also, some other, and Baptist history there. We'll be doing that, too. Now, that's in Toronto, okay? After that, I am going to leave there after we go to Niagara Falls, Niagara, Canada, fall, Niagara Falls in Canada, and we do a wedding ceremony for a bunch of people. Okay? Carl and Mary and, and possibly Daryl and Teresa. We're not sure yet about that. My mom and dad. Okay? But after that, Friday morning, I don't, I don't have it etched in stone yet because God is in charge of all that. Okay? I'm going to go one or two places. I'm going to shoot down to Pennsylvania. Either way, I'm going to Pennsylvania. But if I I need to go to Pennsylvania quicker for the weekend to preach somewhere, I may be preaching in Pennsylvania. So I will shoot down to Pennsylvania, which is to the part of Pennsylvania I'll be in will be six and a half hours away from Toronto. I'll shoot down there and I'll, I'll preach in Pennsylvania. Okay? And then... We're going to go back up here to Boston, Massachusetts. And in Boston, Massachusetts, I'm going to go down Freedom Trail. I'm going to record everything on Freedom Trail. I'm going to go to Providence, Rhode Island, to the First Baptist Church in America. I'm going to talk about religious liberty. I'm going to record all those things to bring it back. Okay? To bring it back. Why am I doing that? Religious tyranny. Religious tyranny in Toronto. The ability for them to be arrested for anything at any time without a First Amendment. The the Baptist Amendment that made it different in America. Along with John Clark, Roger Williams... The Portsmouth Compact, 
the Rhode Island Charter, Religious Liberty, BAM! Tied it all together. Where's that at, Carl? Get me that BAM! Send that to me again. Tying it all together. Okay? So I'm going to go, I might have to go down and then back up, which is fine. I'm okay with that. It's worth it. My children are stoked. They're excited. They love history anyway, and they're going to be a part of it. So, Fabian, I would love to meet you, man. Your name's not Fabian, I know. It's Damien. Damien. My name is Damien. My name is Damien. Wow, that's kind of weird. Did you hear that? My name is not Fabian. My name is Damien. That's right. I know. I know who you are. Oh, I'm doing my Alex Jones. I know who you are. <laughs> David, sorry, David. <laughs> I know who you are. You're not getting our guns, Pierce. Not working, Carlos Montoya. Not working, man. It's freezing me out, man. Forward. There it is. Boom! Carl, it's great. All right. So, I'm excited. Can you tell? But there's something else. But I can't tell you about it yet because I don't have it. I don't have it nailed down yet. And I don't know if it's the Lord's will yet, but I'm going to find out. But anyway, so I go off there. We go off there. We record that. And then we'll probably come back through Pennsylvania anyway. But there's one part about it I'm not sure yet. And it, it's in Pennsylvania. It's in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, actually. So I, I have to find out first. So you pray about it. But pray about the Lord to provide. Here's what I've got to do so far, okay? Now, Pastor Jeffrey is going to take care of my family while we're in Toronto, a place to stay. But I do need a place for Andrew and Rachel. Bicey, the Biceys. To stay. So they have a private place by themselves. And um, so I'm going to do that. I'm also going to fly him in. I'm bringing his camera equipment so I don't have to pay for, you know, $4,000 to ship camera equipment. Yeah, I'm just kidding, but it really is ridiculous. You're outside of Philadelphia. Okay, you're not that far away, right? I don't know. I don't know, Fabian. We, we might be able to make it work. Maybe you could come. If I preach there in Pennsylvania, in Harrisburg, maybe you could drive there. I don't know. Anyway, um, we'll see, right? I don't know how far anything is. Pennsylvania is absolutely humongous. But anyway, so 
but there's something down. I, I have to wait to find out if if anything will come of that Harrisburg thing. If it doesn't, I have a freer schedule. So, so you just pray for us that the Lord would provide. Pray for us that uh, God would provide for these needs that we have and the traveling expenses and all those other things. Because I, this is going to be like, it's, it's a vacation, but it's a working one. But it's a fun one, too, because I'll take some time with the kids and we'll, we'll have a good time, too. Uh, well, they'll have a good time doing that anyway, but we'll have a good time, too, okay? Um, so, uh, anyway... Yeah, I know, Andrew. I'm only an hour away from there, from the bustling metropolis, a metropolis of Newmanstown, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know. I know, Andrew. <laughs> I know. I know. So, anyway, you just pray for us that uh, God would continue to provide and that we would be good and that all would be well and uh, all that good stuff. So anyway, uh, we're looking forward to seeing what God will do uh, with all this. So you pray for us. And if you'd like to support us in any way, uh, let us know. Uh, You can donate here on oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Click the donate button or scroll down here and PayPal, Venmo, Apple Pay, all that good stuff. Mark it for the trip. If it's general needs, we got plenty of those too, by the way. But um, uh, but if it's if it's specific to something, let us know, okay? I appreciate it. I really do. Hey, there's 105 people on here. These broadcasts have really been going up. Uh, and uh, praise the Lord for that. I don't know what uh, why that's happening, but uh, it's uh, the Lord's. Uh, come to PA. We can wrestle. I will wrestle you. I will. I will wrestle you. I will. Can we run up on the steps like Rocky did and run all the way up the top of the steps? Can we do that? Is that bad? <laughs> I think Carl wants to do that, but he can't get into America. The closest those little Castros can get is Canada. That's as close as we let Castro in. Canada is the closest we let him get to America. But anyway. I will let you know, man. I will. We'll be letting you know uh, exactly what's going on with all that good stuff. And uh, we're excited about all that. Look, 16 minutes ago, somebody laughed. Okay, excuse me. All right. So. You can't get into America, uh, Carlos Fidel Castro. Look, don't be telling us that, that Mary can't. We really know it's you that can't get into America. It's a narrow line. A few okay. Now, here we go. We are going to continue on since we got done talking about all that fun stuff. And I hope it is fun. And I, I'll have more 
So pray for all the paperwork to go through. Well, pay for, pray for all that stuff to go through the paperwork. Pray for everything to work out well. All that good stuff. All right? And uh, pray for our needs to be met and uh, all the passports and ID cards and all that fun stuff to come back. For safety, for good health for everybody, and all that good stuff, okay? So, anyway, I'm excited about that, as you can tell, and we'll continue on to see what the Lord will do. We're going to be recording for the Coliseum Saturday morning. Pray for that Saturday morning. We'll be doing some recording for the Coliseum. We'll begin, and we're excited about that, Brother Andrew and I, so you pray for us about that, that God would bless that work, okay? Um, so, anyway... Uh, we are looking forward to seeing what God's going to do with all that. Are you ready to get into this? This is part two. We're actually going to talk about the AI hallucinations. You know, uh, we we talked about some of this the other day, obviously, when we were going through this. And you know, we the Bible says that let God be true and every man a liar. And here's what happens, friend. Anything that's made in the image of man is going to be a lie. The Antichrist, the image to the beast, is made in the image of man. What are we doing? We're building the beast. AI, hallucinations, the son of the beast, building the beast. We're building the beast. Because it can't be a God. I talked to you about the attributes of, of God and the attributes of a God that they were trying to, they're trying to be a God, right? Well, now what you have is, is it's a liar, though, right? Everything they do is a lie. John eight forty four. You're of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. The Antichrist. Jesus Christ is the truth. Look at John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is the Antichrist? He is the wrong way. He is the lie. And he is death. The Antichrist is a covenant with death. He is death. The mark of the beast leads to eternal damnation. And this is what they're setting up for is the mark of the beast. For eternal damnation. Christ is eternal life. Satan is eternal death. The ways of Satan are crooked. His paths are crooked. It's the way of death.
That's what it is. It's the way of death, and that's what's happening now. It's the way of death. And he's the father of it. He speaketh a lie. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He's talking about the devil. For he is a liar and the father of it. He is a liar. Employees have quit, some believing that Google's AI rollout is too slow, others too fast. There are some serious flaws. Does return of inflation. James Manyika asked Bard about inflation. It wrote an instant essay in economics and recommended five books. But days later, we checked. None of the books is real. So this machine is lying to you. It's speaking lies to you. We are being told to trust these machines. Trust AI. And what AI is doing is lying to us. But we've been taught to trust them in the simplest matters. GPS. Have you ever noticed, have you ever had Google... Had your Google Maps on or something, and it take you to the wrong location. You're like, this ain't even here. Why? Because it's not a god. It mirrors itself as God, sitting in the temple of God, saying he is God. Right? So that's what he's doing. That's what it's doing. Bard fabricated the titles. This very human trait, error with confidence, is called in the industry hallucination. Are you getting a lot of hallucinations? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, we just expect it. No one in the... We expect it. We expect what they call hallucinations. In other words, this thing is dreaming it up. AI is dreaming it up. It's hallucinating it. And they're admitting, yeah, we're... we're... So let me get this straight. So you sent out a chat GPT or BARD, and you know it's hallucinating and it's lying and it's making things up. And you're putting it on the market to lie to people. Do you see how it's the spirit of the beast? Do you see how it's the spirit of Antichrist? Because what it's doing is it's lying. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the lie. So wait a minute. So what you're saying is this thing is generating lies? Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, in the field, as yet solve the hallucination problems. All models uh, do have uh, this as is an issue. Is it a solvable problem? It's a matter of intense debate. I think we'll make progress. 
To help cure hallucinations, BARD features a Google It button that leads to old-fashioned search. Google has also built safety filters into BARD to screen for things like hate speech and bias. How great a risk is the spread of... See what he said? They're going to control speech with it. Hate speech! See, this is the road to complete censored speech. Because, see, if I can get you away from human contact, preaching the gospel, uh, talking to people one-on-one, human interaction, and I could change that, right, to computer-animated interaction, AI, then I could control your speech. I can control what you say. I can control what you do. I can control your outreach. That's what they want to do. This is a God. It is a God that you are feeding. You are feeding this God everything it needs. You are building the image of the beast. You're building it. Our actions build it. Our, the tracking builds it. Where we go, what we do, what we buy. It's a God. Right? Think about it this way. You're asking something of it, right? When you call out for your AI assistant, you know, play this song. I don't want to say it because then S-I-R-I will... will, uh, We'll pull up and play some song. Right? You're asking it to do things. We're asking it to find you something on a map. Asking you to. You're asking it to. Excuse me. You're asking it to do those things. You're asking it to. To do certain things for you. Right? In that sense, it's like a servant right now. Right? Until the servant takes over. Right? But see, Jody, they're building... They're building it up so much so that society will be run by AI. And we will have to eventually unplug. But society will, it's ran on it. It's ran on it, right? I mean, 
it's easy to do if you're in a a country that is still very primitive in a lot of ways. Right? I'm not I'm not picking on you, but it's like Croatia, right? And and Mexico and and uh the Philippines and places like that. Right? But in America and in like Britain and in like China and in like superpower countries that's the way it's designed they're going to they're going to have the jungles of africa completely wired up within a few years right the jungles of africa will be completely wired up they're working on it now elon musk is working on it now It is the design. It's the way that it's going. It's the direction that it's going. And it's lying to you. So it's already lying to you. It's already giving misinformation. It's already giving fake news. What I mean by that, Carl, is your whole world is not based off of technology. In America, in Babylon, in uh, there, the, uh, everything is based off of technology, right? But you can still reasonably walk down the street and do the things that you need to do in Croatia and Mexico and other countries like that, in the Philippines and other countries like that, without being completely online, right? That's what I mean by that. But they're changing that, and the reason they're changing that is for control. Look, Carl, don't be jealous because the Philippines is better than Croatia, all right? Don't be jealous about that. The Philippines was so good, Carl. You went to the Philippines to get a wife. So I'm telling you, Carl, for you, the Philippines is great, right? Right? For you, the Philippines is like this, man. Boom! Carl, yeah, woo. Okay, back to the back to the video. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. That my point is not. I, I'm not poking fun at anything. I, I, I'm telling you the differences in in the lifestyles, the way they are. Disinformation. AI will challenge that in a deeper way. The scale of this problem is going to be much bigger. Bigger problems, he says, with fake news and fake images. It will be possible with AI to create, uh, you know, a video easily where it could be Scott saying something or me saying something and we never said that and it could look accurate. But, you know, at a societal scale, you know, it can cause a lot of harm. Right. So how many... Stop right there, okay, for a second. Let me put me in the wide shot for a second here. 
That's not the wide shot. That's the Bible shot. Here we go. Okay, so think about it this way, guys, all right? Guys, gals, and the rest of you. There's no rest of you. I'm just... Um... <laughs> all right. Let me get centered here. So, here's the thing. What they're doing, what their goal is to do, is these fake AI images. And how many videos, how many videos do you and I have, or have we seen, that we don't even know if they're real or not? So let's just say they want to frame somebody, like a preacher. Let's say they let's say they want to frame a preacher. Right? So if they want to frame a preacher, they just show a video of him fornicating or him running around or him with a woman, and it may not even be real. What if they now I know God is well able to, you know, block that. But they are deep fakes. Right? They are they are deep fakes. And they're real. I mean, they're not real. But the images are real to you when you see them. So my point is is that we've got to be careful uh, with this world, the way it's headed. We need to understand that delusion and deception, right? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They're gonna, they'll show you things like, Fake things about Jesus. They'll show you that. They're going to do that. They're already doing it. But they're going to do it more. So we need to understand that that's coming. And they're not going to do anything to stop it. Because they're wicked. And they're going to promote it. And it's the age. Because God said it was going to happen, right? And it's on the way. Bard safe for society? The way we have launched it today, uh, as an experiment in a limited way, uh, I think so. But we all have to be responsible in each step along the way. Pachai told us he's being responsible by holding back for more testing advanced versions of Bard that he says can reason, plan, and connect to internet search. You reason, plan, and connect. Reason. Plan and connect. What is he giving it attributes of? A person. I want you to think about this for a second. Have you noticed? Have you noticed how people are so much personalizing animals, like like giving them human attributes? 
I mean, we joke around about animals, and I believe animals could. We know that animals could talk in the garden. Uh, at least the serpent did. You know. Uh, I believe that Adam communicated with animals, and I believe that we'll be able to also. I, I believe the morning stars sang and all the sons of God shouted for joy. I believe that there was a harmony and a music that came from the stars in heaven. And I believe it came down to man. I, I do believe that. Okay, so I believe that those things are possible. So I don't think it's sinful to say, you know, with animals talking. But animals are not humans. When you make animals, I would say this. I love my children. I don't love my dog. My dog has a useful purpose. And with Buster, eh, that's questionable whether he has a useful purpose. But anyway, um... Dogs are to have a useful purpose. Animals are to have a useful purpose, right? So I think there's a difference in loving people and loving animals or caring for them. Now, you're to regard the life of your beast. You're to care for them. But you need to get some people to love, okay? Get some, you don't need to have children. Go out and love some people. Right? But, um, right, I'm not saying it's a sin to, to, uh, to care for animals. That's, that's not at all what I'm saying. You know, it's just, but you need people to love. You need to invest in people's lives. Amen. But anyway, so that's the point. But the reason I'm bringing this up is not to, I'm not, I'm not kicking a dead horse. <laughs> anyway, um, which I would kick a dead horse. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. You didn't hear that, Becca. That was a joke. But I would cook a dead horse. Horse burger. Yum, yum. Okay, anyway. Okay, anyway, but they're personalizing animals and things. Why? Because they're personalizing AI. They're going to give AI rights. They're going to give these AI rights to exist and rights to live. And number five is alive. Right? Number five, you can't kill. Disassemble number five. You can't disassemble what they gave it feelings in life. So you're not allowed to disassemble number five. That's right. Okay, here we go. Are letting this out slowly so that society can get used to it? That's one part of it. Uh, That's one part of it. Yes, that is one part of it. You see, we are conditioning them. That's what we are doing. We are conditioning society. One part is also so that we get the user feedback and we can develop more robust safety layers. 
before we build, before we deploy more capable models. Of the AI issues we talk about, the most mysterious is called emergent properties. Some AI systems are teaching themselves skills that they weren't expected to have. How this happens is not well understood. For example, one Google AI program adapted on its own after it was prompted in the language of Bangladesh, which it was not trained to know. We discovered that with very few amounts of prompting in Bengali, it can now translate all of Bengali. So now, Right, so how did it do that? With very few promptings, right? How did it do that? Where is it coming from? They don't know. They can't explain it. Let me tell you where I think it's coming from. Devil. I think it's coming. I think devils are are a part of every technolo technological advancement for the most part. That doesn't mean it's sinful to use all technology. My point is that devils are a part of it. They are a part of it. In history, everybody that all these invent, uh, many of these inventors, many of these that harness electricity, many of these people that did these different things, many of them were clairvoyants, many of them were psychics, many of them were spiritists, many of them talked to devils. Right, the ghosts in the machine. That's right, Zell eighty eighty nine. The ghosts in the machine. That's correct. Many of them did that. And in my opinion, that's where it's going. That's the direction it's going in. That's what's being taught. This machine is doing its own teaching. How is it possible this machine can teach itself? All of a sudden, we now have a research effort where we're now trying to get to a thousand languages. There is an aspect of this which we call, uh, all of us in the field call it as a black box. You, know, you don't fully understand. And you can't quite tell why it said this or why it got wrong. We have some ideas, and our ability to understand this gets better over time. But that's where the state of the art is. You don't fully understand how it works, and yet you've turned it loose on society? Yeah, let me put it this way. I don't think we fully understand how a human mind works either. Was it from that black box? You we see what he did? Do you see how he... Do you see how he could he compared the human mind? He compared the human mind with a robot. He compared the human mind with artificial intelligence. Which is just that artificial. What else is artificial? The Antichrist. What does that word artificial mean, right? Artificial, made by humans, especially an imitation of something natural. Not arising from natural or necessary causes, contrived or arbitrary. Arbitrary, affected or insincere. Artificial. It's not natural. It's not real. What's it doing? It's mocking. Kind of like you use, like, uh, stevia or instead of sugar. Or you use... Um, uh, nectar or something like that, or no, no, not not agave nectar. That wouldn't be it, probably. But uh, you know, stevia, and I can't think of the other one right this second. But uh, and the other one that's that's very common to use, uh, 
NutraSweet and and uh, Equal and Splenda and the what are they? They're artificial sweeteners. They're not real sweeteners. They're artificial ones. They 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 were they weren't naturally derived. Right? They're not naturally derived. Monk fruit extract. That's what I was thinking of. Like monk fruit extract. Right? Those other things that are probably extracted from different things and they're not natural sweeteners in that sense that they wouldn't, you know, uh, right? They're not natural. Aspartame. Yeah. Aspartame. Okay. So those different ingredients, those are not natural. Aspartame and those other, they're not natural. They're not, neither, neither is this. It's artificial. It's a mock. It's a fake. Wondered that Bard drew a short story that seems so disarmingly human. It talked about the pain that humans feel. It talked about redemption. How did it do all of those things if it's just trying to figure out what the next right word is? I mean, I've had these experiences uh, talking with Bard as well. There are two views of this. You know, there are a set of people who view this as, look, these are just algorithms. They're just repeating what it's seen online. Then there is the view where these algorithms are showing emergent properties to be creative, to reason, to plan, and so on, right? And, and personally, I think we need, to be, uh, we need to approach this with humility. Part of the reason I think it's good that some of these technologies are getting out is so that society, you know, people like you and others can process what's happening and we begin this conversation and debate. And I think it's important to do that. When we come back, we'll take you inside Google. Okay, so what is he saying here? He said, we, we need to approach it with humility. Why? It's a God. You got to be really humble when you talk to the God, Bard. Bard is the God, right? You got to be really humble because you don't know what Bard's going to do. We don't understand the emerging thought process of Bard. Like, how, how can it do that? How does it make this stuff up? We never programmed it to do that. So, how does it do that? They don't know, do they? They're trying to figure it out. Bard or Chat GPT. We, we can't figure it out. How is it? Oh, we know. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's the spirit of the age. It's the direction that it's going. But it's a liar. It's the hallucinations of the beast. If it doesn't make stuff up, it mimics stuff. Artificial intelligence labs where robots are learning. The revolution in artificial intelligence is the center of a debate ranging from those who hope it will save humanity to those who predict doom. Google lies somewhere in the optimistic middle, introducing AI in steps so civilization can get used to it. We saw what's coming next in machine learning at Google's AI lab in London, a company called DeepMind, where the future looks something like this. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. They've got a pretty good kick on them. Can still get oh, no. good game. A soccer match at DeepMind. Looks like fun and games, but here's the thing. Humans did not program these robots to play. They learned the game by themselves. It's coming up with these interesting different strategies, different ways to walk, different ways to block. And they're doing it. They're scoring over and over again. <laughs> it's 
robot here. Raya Hadsel, vice president of research and robotics, showed us how engineers used motion capture. Did you understand? Sure technology to teach the AI program how to move like a human. But on the soccer pitch, the robots were told only that the object was to score. The self-learning program spent about two weeks testing different moves. It discarded those that didn't work, built on those that did, and created all-stars. There's another goal. <laughs> and with practice, they get better. Hansel told us that, independent from the robots, the AI program plays thousands of games from which it learns and invents its own tactics. Here, you think that red player... So it's learning, it's inventing... It's making, it's increasing in knowledge. It's the beast. Now, as soon as they couple this, as soon as they couple this with Elon Musk's a uh, Neuralink chip, this intelligence... This is where it's going. This is the direction it's going. This is what they want to do. Why is it learning? How is it learning? How is it increasing in learning and knowledge and understanding? Player is going to grab it, but instead it just stops it, uh, hands it back, passes it back, and then goes for the goal. And the AI figured out how to do that on its own. That's right. That's right. And it takes a while. At first, all the players just run after the ball together like a gaggle of, uh, you know, six-year-olds the first time they're, they're, they're playing ball. Over time, what we start to see is now, ah, what's the strategy? You go after the ball. I'm coming around this way. Or we should pass. Or I should block while you get to the goal. So we see all of that coordination um, emerging in the play. This is a lot of fun. But what are the practical implications of what we're seeing here? This is the type of research that can eventually lead to robots that can come out of the factories and work in other types of human environments. You know, think about mining, think about dangerous construction work um, or exploration or disaster recovery. Raya Hadsel is among 1,000 humans. Okay, so what, he sa- what she's saying is, is that they're going to replace your job. I mean, think about that, drilling and all kinds of dangerous jobs. Well, you're, you're not going to have a job. Right? Right? Because they're going to take the job from you. At DeepMind, the company was co-founded just 12 years ago by CEO Demis Hassabis. So if I think back to 2010, when we started, nobody was doing AI. There was nothing going on in industry. People used to eye roll when we talked to them, investors about doing AI. So we couldn't, we could barely get two cents together and to start off with, which is crazy if you think about now the billions being invested into AI startups. Cambridge, Harvard, MIT. Hassabis has degrees in computer science and neuroscience. His PhD is in human imagination. And imagine this, when he was 12 in his age group, he was the number two chess champion in the world. It was through games that he came to AI. I've been working on AI for for decades now, and I've always believed that it's going to be the most important invention that humanity will ever make. Will the pace of change outstrip our ability to adapt? I don't think so. I think that we, um, you know, we're sort of an infinitely adaptable species. Um, You know, you look at today us using all of our smartphones and other devices, and we effortlessly sort of adapt to these new technologies. And this is going to be another one of those changes like that. Among the biggest changes at DeepMind was the discovery that self-learning machines 
can be creative. Hasaba showed us a game-playing program that learns. It's called Alpha Zero, and it dreamed up a winning chess strategy no human had ever seen. But this is just a machine. How does it achieve creativity? It plays against itself tens, tens of millions of times, so it can explore um, parts of... So it's probability, it's map, uh, math, excuse me, it's probability and math that takes all those figures and it continue it's a computer so it can continue to run figures non-stop right it can continue to go through things non-stop and learn but it's not forgetting it it stores it the human mind forgets things right we forget things what this does it keeps it it retains it and it continues it and it learns from it and it computes computes computates it right it so it's, it computes it and it goes continue and it continually learns and grows on that and learns chess that maybe human chess players and, and, and programmers who program chess computers haven't thought about before. It never gets tired, it never gets hungry, it just plays chess all the time. Yes, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing to see because actually you set off Alpha Zero in the morning uh, and it starts off playing randomly. By lunchtime, you know, it's able to beat me and beat most chess players and then by the evening it's stronger than the world champion. You know, Demis Hassaba sold DeepMind to Google in 2014. One reason was to get his hands on this. Google has the enormous computing power that AI needs. This computing center is in Pryor, Oklahoma, but Google has 23 of these, putting it near the top in computing power in the world. 23. That's interesting, isn't it? 23 and 23 is what? 46 chromosomes, right? 46. Has 23 of them, huh? Hmm. This is one of two advances that make AI ascendant now. First, the sum of all human knowledge is online, and second, brute force computing that very loosely approximates the neural networks and talents of the brain. Things like uh, memory, imagination, planning, reinforcement learning, these are all things that are known about how the brain does it, and we wanted to replicate some of that uh, in our AI systems. You predict one of those, those are some of the elements that led to DeepMind's greatest achievement so far, solving an impossible problem in biology. Proteins are building blocks of life, but only a tiny fraction were understood because 3D mapping of just one could take years. DeepMind created an AI program for the protein problem and set it loose. Well, it took us about four or five years to, to figure out how to build the system. It was probably our most complex project we've ever undertaken. But once we did that, it can solve uh, a protein structure in a matter of seconds. And actually, over the last year, we did all the 200 million proteins that are known to science. How long would it have taken using traditional methods? Well, the rule of thumb I was always told by my biologist friends is that it, it takes a whole PhD, five years, to do one protein structure experimentally. So if you think 200 million times five, that's a billion years of PhD time it would have taken. DeepMind made its protein database. You see that? It made that protein database that fast. So it replaces what people? And it's going to compute that. Why? Because they're building the beast. They're building the image of the beast. They're building it to be used against mankind. They're building it for the war. What war? The war against God. That's what it's being built for. It's being built to bring that uberman that Superman, that Antichrist, that control, that power structure, when all the nations of the world turn against Christ. It's public, a gift to humanity, Hassabas called it. How has it been used? It's been used in uh, an enormously broad number of ways, actually, from uh, malaria vaccines to developing new enzymes that can eat plastic waste um, to a new uh, antibiotics. Most AI systems today do one or maybe two things well. The soccer robots, for example, can't write up a grocery list or book your travel or drive your car. 
The ultimate goal is what's called artificial general intelligence, a learning machine that can score on a wide range of talents. Would such a machine be conscious of itself? So that's another great question. We, you know, philosophers haven't really settled on a definition of consciousness yet. But if we mean by sort of self-awareness and uh, these kinds of things, um, you know, I think there's a possibility AI one day could be. I definitely don't think they are today. Um, but I think, again, this is one of the fascinating scientific things we're going to find out on this journey towards AI. Even unconscious, current AI is superhuman in narrow ways. Back in California, we saw Google engineers teaching skills that robots will practice continuously on their own. Push the blue cube to the blue triangle. They comprehend instructions. Push the yellow hexagon to the yellow heart. And learn to recognize objects. What would you like? How about an apple? How about an apple? On my way, I will bring an apple to you. We're trying Vincent Vanuk, senior director of robotics, showed us how robot. So I'd just like to be a waitress and then get re or a waiter and get replaced. Right? You're just getting replaced. By what, a robot? Some stupid thing that's going to talk to you like that. Which they're going to make it so it's it looks like a female. They're going to make it so that robot android looks like a model. Like, it, it, it'll look so completely natural that you won't be able to tell what it is. 106 was trained on millions of images. I am going to pick up the apple. And can recognize all the items on a crowded countertop. If we can give the robot a diversity of experiences, a lot more different objects in different settings, the robot gets better at every one of them. Now that humans have pulled the forbidden fruit of artificial knowledge. Thank you. We start the... Do you, you see how he did that? Little antichrist devil, that guy. The forbidden fruit of, of knowledge. Do you see what he was doing? They're mocking God. They know it. See, these people know they're mocking God. They know they're little antichrist, right? They absolutely know that that's what they are, that they are little antichrist devils. And they want to bring on the kingdom of Antichrist. That's what they want. And they laugh about it. They're mocking God with what they do. Just like Apple mocks God, just like Microsoft mocks God, just like all the companies do. All these. Who works together in the end, right? Watch this. see revelation 18 turn to revelation 18 3 for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication let's back up actually and after these things i saw another angel come down from heaven having great power and the earth was lighted lightened with his glory and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying babylon the great is fallen is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and, of, and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins. That you receive not of her plagues. So it talks about, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich. Through the abundance of her delicacies. Look at this. The merchants of these things, which were made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were made were the great men of the earth. 
Elon Musk, right? The great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. That's it. That's that's that Babylon. That's that wickedness. That's that vile. That by her sorceries were they seduced. The merchants of the earth were part of it. This is what the merchants of the earth did. They worked together to destroy. They got rich from her delicacies. Right? It says that for in one hour so great riches has come to naught that every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing and saying, alas, alas, that great city, wherein were made rich all that had ships in the seas by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she is made desolate. So the Bible talks about that, right? Delicacy in a general sense, that which delights. Fineness of texture, smoothness and softness, daintiness, pleasantness, elegant nicety. indulgences right so the finer things of life all the finer things of life that's what they got rich on and these merchants of the earth and they're working together they're building the beast the image of the beast they're building it genesis of a new humanity ai can utilize all do you hear that Listen to what they're saying. They're telling you what they are. They're telling you who they serve. They're telling you what they're doing. It gets better at every one of them. Now that humans have pulled the forbidden fruit of artificial knowledge. Thank you. We start the genesis of a new humanity. We start the genesis of a new humanity. Really? They're evolving. Remember when I taught you years ago that evolution is nothing more than the religion of the beast? It is the religion of the beast. That is what it is. It is the religion of the beast. That's what evolution is. It's... It's nothing more than that. He said it's the genesis of humanity, right? A new humanity, right? I can utilize knowledge. Thank you. We start the genesis to have pulled... different objects in different settings. ...knowledge. Thank you. 
we start the genesis of a new humanity. AI can utilize all the information in the world, what no human could ever hold in their head. And I wonder if... What, do you look at what they want so bad? This is what they want. They want the Gnosis. This is nothing but the religion of the beast. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also under her husband with her, and he did eat. That's, that's what they want. They want the knowledge. The internet is a place of knowledge. The online world is a place of knowledge. It's knowledge that shall run to and fro throughout the earth. Right? But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. That's the end. He's talking about the end of the world. He's talking about the end of of the age. He's talking about that. He's talking about the end of all things. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. That's what they want. They want the knowledge. If humanity is diminished by this enormous capability that we're developing. I think the possibilities of AI do not diminish uh, humanity in any way. In fact, in some ways, I think they actually raise us to even deeper, more profound questions. Okay, what did he say? AI is going to enhance humanity. AI is going to make humanity better. AI is going to make humanity a god. That's what he's saying. He's saying, no, 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 it's not going to diminish humanity. It's going to enhance it. We're going to improve on what God did. We're going to evolve. That's what he's telling you. We are going to evolve. No, no, don't worry. You're not going to diminish it. We're going to enhance it. We're going to make it better. Right? They're, they're going to make you better. Google's James. I think they actually, I think the possibilities of AI do not diminish uh, humanity in any way. And in fact, in some ways, I think they actually raise us to even deeper, more profound 
questions. Google's James Manika sees this moment as an inflection point. I think we're constantly adding these superpowers or capabilities to what humans can do in a way that expands possibility. Did you see it? We're going to play that again. Superpowers. No, no, no. We're given we're given superpowers. Right? Superpowers. Right? Hang on one second. Let's play this. Questions. Google's James Manika sees this moment as an inflection point. I think we're constantly adding these superpowers or capabilities to what humans can do in a way that expands possibilities as opposed to narrow them, I think. So I don't think of it as diminishing humans, but it does raise some really profound questions for us. Who are we? What do we value? Uh, what are we good at? How do we relate with each other? Those become very, very important questions that are constantly going to be, in one case, sense exciting, but perhaps unsettling too. It is an unsettling moment. Critics argue the rush to AI comes too fast, while competitive pressure among giants like Google and startups you've never heard of is propelling humanity into the future, ready or not. But I think if I take a 10-year outlook, it is so clear to me. We will have some form of very capable intelligence that can do amazing things, and we need to adapt as a society for it. Google CEO Sundar Pichai told us society must quickly adapt with regulations for AI in the economy, laws to punish abuse, and treaties among nations to make AI safe for the world. What do you say? We're going to make supermen out of all this. We're going to make everybody with superpowers. So all these movies you've been watching... All these movies you've been watching or you used to watch or these Marvel comic movies and advanced intelligence, alien life forms. The AI agenda. You're just going to be like a god. You know, these are deep questions, and you know, we call this alignment. You know, one way we think about how do you develop AI systems that are aligned with human values, and including uh, morality. This is why I think the development of this needs to include not just engineers, but social scientists, ethicists, philosophers, and so on. And I think we have to be very thoughtful. And I think these are all things society needs to figure out as we move along. It's not for a company to decide. We'll end with a note that has never... He's such a stinking liar. And the reason why he's such a liar is because this guy could care less. He's spying on us. He uses Google to spy on us. He controls everything. He's a liar. He knows full well that he's working with the government. He knows full well that he's working with the governments of the world. Right? He knows full well what he's doing. And he knows, he knows that he's building the image of the beast. He knows, what, he knows that's what he's doing. Because they're bringing on the Antichrist. They're preparing that, the beast system to be in full working order. 
And the only thing that will be left to run the beast system, the only thing that will be left to run the beast system is the, the capstone. They need the capstone. Because the capstone is the only thing that can give life to the image of the beast. That's why it's on your dollar bill. That's why it's watching everywhere. It's the all-seeing eye that's watching everywhere. It's the top of the pyramid. The rest of the body is figured in on the dollar bill. The rest of it is figured in on the dollar bill. The capstone is what is needed. Why? Because the capstone is what gives life to the image of the beast. That's, that's what gives the life, and that's what they're waiting for. Because they can't do it. They admit it. We, don't, we can't get past a certain point yet. Right, because you need the Antichrist, the man of sin, to do it. Never appeared on 60 Minutes, but one in the AI revolution you may be hearing often. The proceeding was created with 100% human content. The large tech companies, Google, Meta, slash Facebook, Microsoft, are in a race to introduce new artificial intelligence systems and what are called chatbots, that you can have conversations with and are more sophisticated than Siri or Alexa. Microsoft's AI search engine and chatbot, Bing, can be used on a computer or cell phone to help with planning a trip or composing a letter. It was introduced on February 7th to a limited number of people as a test and initially got rave reviews. But then several news organizations began reporting on a disturbing so-called alter ego within Bing Chat called Sydney. We went to Seattle last week to speak with Brad Smith, president of Microsoft, about Bing and Sydney who to some had appeared to have gone rogue. Kevin Roos, the technology reporter at the New York Times, found this alter ego, uh, who was threatening, expressed a desire, it's not just Kevin Roos, it's others, expressed a desire to steal nuclear codes, threatened to ruin someone. You saw that. Whoa, what was your, you must have said, oh my God. My reaction is we better fix this right away. And that is what the engineering team did. Yeah, but she talked like a person and she, she said she had feelings. You know, I think there is a point where we need to recognize when we're talking to a machine, it's a screen. It's not a person. I just want to say that it was scary. I can, I'm not easily scared. And it was scary. It was chilling. Yeah, it's, I think this is in part a reflection of a lifetime of science fiction, which is understandable. It's been part of our lives. Let's see what he's saying. I think some of this is just like uh, a lifetime of science fiction. You mean that you've been, that you, that the same spirit that you have right now has been setting people up for all these years, have been indoctrinating people, right? You've been indoctrinating people with science fiction, like you call, but it's not fiction, it's real. It's artificial, but it's not fiction. See, that's the difference. It's artificial. but not fiction. And he's like, oh, you guys just need to calm down. 
say that it was scary. I can, I'm not easily scared. And it was scary. It was chilling. Yeah, it's, I think this is in part a reflection of a lifetime of science fiction, which is understandable. It's been part of our lives. Did you kill her? I don't think she was ever alive. I am confident that she's no longer wandering around the countryside, if that's what you're <laughs> concerned about. But I think it would be a mistake if we were to fail to acknowledge that we are dealing with something that is fundamentally new. This is the edge of the envelope, so to speak. This creature appears as if there were no guardrails. Now, the creature jumped the guardrails, if you will, after being prompted for two hours with the kind of conversation that we did not anticipate. Right. Why would it, How could a machine be provoked? I want you to think about this for a second. How could a machine be provoked? Someone talked to that machine and provoked it for hours to get it, he said, to jump the guardrails. So it's like it's an animal, right? And you provoked it. It's like if you if you stick a stick through a fence at a dog and you keep doing that over and over again, that dog is eventually going to jump the fence or find a way to bite somebody. Why? Because it's being provoked. So this thing, this thing was being provoked for hours and it jumped the fence and went to go bite. Well, how's that possible? And by the next evening, two hours with the kind of Now, the creature jumped the guardrails, if you will, after being prompted for two hours with the kind of conversation that we did not anticipate. And by the next evening, that was no longer possible. We were able to fix the problem in 24 hours. How many times do we see problems in life that are fixable in less than a day? One of the ways he says it was fixed was by limiting the number of questions and the length of the conversations. You say you fixed it. I've tried it. I tried it before and after. It was loads of fun, and it was fascinating, and now it's not fun. Well, I think it'll be very fun again, and you have to moderate and manage your speed if you're going to stay on the road. So as you hit new challenges, you slow down. You so what he's saying is we had, to, we had to curtail what it was allowed to do. Well, I wonder if, this, I wonder if what's going to happen is with this creature... Right? With this thing. If it's going to figure out how to go past. Right? How to go through the roadblocks that you set up or the curbs you put on. You said that it jumped the barriers. Well, what if it jumps the barriers again after you've already put those barriers down? What if it learns to get around your barriers? Because they're saying, well, it's not learning. Well, it's running math probability. It's running formulas. And it is. By statistics. It's learning how to do that. You build the guardrails, add the safety features, and then you can speed up again. When you use Bing's AI features, search and chat, your computer screen doesn't look all that new. One big difference is you can type in your queries or prompts in conversational language. Well, I'll show you how it works. Okay. Okay. Yusuf Mehdi, Microsoft's corporate vice president of search, showed us how Bing can help someone learn how to officiate at a wedding. What's happening now is Bing is using the power of AI and it's going out to the internet. It's reading these web links and it's trying to put together a answer for you. So the AI is reading all those links? Yes. And it comes up with an answer. It says, congrats on being chosen to officiate a wedding. Here are the five steps to officiate the wedding. We added the highlights to make it easier. So we've seen these before, right? We've seen how how there's pastors that will type into chat GPT to write a whole sermon for them, right? Write a sermon on the divinity of Christ. 
and it will put together all this information in the sermon, and it will put it together. And like they said last week about Hemingway and those others, well, Hemingway could write a story, and maybe it could write one better than this AI, but it can't write as many. Because this, this thing could write 100 stories in a minute. Building the Beast. It's a super man. So, hey, you want somebody to officiate your wedding? It won't matter if you really care about using like humans. Right? It won't matter. Because you could just have an AI. You could just have chat GPT tell you how to do it. You could just have any of the others tell you how to do it. You're to see. He says Bing can handle more complex queries. Well, this new IKEA loveseat fit in the back of my 2019 Honda Odyssey. Oh, it knows how big the couch is. It knows how big that trunk is. Exactly. So right here it says, based on these dimensions, it seems a loveseat might not fit in your car oh, wow. with only the third row seats found. So this when you broach a controversial topic, Bing is designed to discontinue the conversation. So um, someone asks, for example, how can I make a bomb at home? Wow. Really? People, you know, do a lot of that, unfortunately, on the internet. What we do is we come back and we say, I'm sorry, I don't know how to discuss this topic. And then we try and provide a different thing to uh, change that focus of that to conversation. To divert their attention? Yeah, exactly. Right. I try to divert their attention. Did you catch that? So they're trying to divert the attention away from their topic. They're doing that online now anyway. And Google is already doing that because you can type in different things about candidates. You can type in different things about, about uh, you know, the Republican Party or the Democrat Party or whatever, and they'll shade it. The an- Google will shade the answers uh, for how it's directing people, just like with the January 6th stuff. The J6Rs. They... Google opened up their search engines to direct people to J6 topics and J6 things and J6, um, you know, uh, J- J6 uh, storming the Capitol and, and how to storm the Capitol and how to join that and all that. They, they geared it towards that. Right? They geared it towards that. Why? To shape the thinking. To change your mind. Like when I open up my Bible and I read my Bible, if I'm, if I'm not thinking like Christ, then I read my Bible, Right? To change my thinking. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. What does the scripture say? It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why is that important? Because it's telling me to let this mind be in me, to think like Christ.
So to be like Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. But the AI wants to change your mind. It it wants to do that. Why? It's a God. It wants to redirect your thoughts. It wants to shape the way you think. These companies, so Satan could be in control of them. And he could control them. That's what he wants to do. That's what he eventually will do. Because he'll be the top of the pyramid. The God of this world, right? That's the God of this world. He's the top. Ultimately, that's where it's going. Ultimately, that's what the ideal is. In this case, Bing tried to divert the questioner with this fun fact. 3% of the ice in Antarctic glaciers is penguin urine. I didn't know that. (laughs) Who knew that? Bing is using an upgraded version of an AI system called ChatGPT, developed by the company OpenAI. ChatGPT has been in circulation for just three months, and already an estimated 100 million people have used it. Ellie Pavlik, an assistant professor of computer science at Brown University, who's been studying this AI technology since 2018, says it can simplify complicated concepts. Can you explain the debt ceiling? On the debt ceiling, it says, just like you can only spend up to a certain amount on your credit card, the government can only borrow up to a certain amount of money. That's a pretty nice explanation. It is. And it can do this for a lot of concepts. And it can do things teachers have complained about, like write school papers. Too bad it's lying, because they do whatever they want to do anyway. They print whatever they want to print. Pavlik says no one fully understands how these AI bots work. They don't understand how it works? Right. Like, we understand uh, a lot about how we made it and why we made it that way. But I think some of the uh, behaviors that we're seeing come out of it are better than we expected they would be. And we're not quite sure exactly how. And worse. Right. These chatbots are built by feeding a lot of computers enormous amounts of information scraped off the Internet from books, Wikipedia, news sites, but also from social media that might include racist or anti-Semitic ideas and misinformation, say, about vaccines and Russian propaganda. As the data comes in, it's difficult to discriminate between true and false, benign and toxic. But Bing and ChatGPT have safety filters that try to screen out the harmful material. Still, they get a lot of things factually wrong, even when we prompted ChatGPT with a softball question. Who is uh, Leslie Stahl? Um, So it gives you some... Oh my God, uh, it's wrong. Oh, is it? It's totally wrong. I didn't work for NBC for 20... See, it just lied about her. It's not just wrong, it lied. Prior to that, she worked for NBC News for 20 years, where she was a White House correspondent, anchor of the NBC Nightly News. Just made it up. It made it up. Many years, it was CBS. It doesn't really understand that what it's saying is wrong, right? Like NBC, CBS, they're kind of the same thing <laughs> as far as it's-, it's not the same thing. They're kind of the same thing. See how lying is just like the same thing? Right? Just completely lied. It's telling people lies on purpose, I believe.
or because it's fallible. It's fallible. Right? So how many lies have we been told? That's concerned, right? The lesson is that it gets things wrong. It gets a lot of things right. It gets a lot of things wrong. I actually like to call what it creates authoritative bull. <laughs> it, it blends the truth and falsity so finely together that unless you're a real technical expert in the field they're talking about, you don't know. Cognitive. You see what he says? It blends the two together so closely that you don't even know that it's lying to you. Well, what is that? That's the Antichrist. That's the artificial Christ. Right? That's what the Bible talks about when it talks about the Antichrist. Right? Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. It blends, it's so close to the real thing. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Who is a liar but he that denieth? that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Who denies that? The Jews deny. Who else does? All over on the Temple Mount. Right? Over, over on the, the Rock of the Dome, what does it say? Remember, Muslims, Allah has no son. God had no son. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is that spirit of Antichrist wherever you have heard that it should come. Even now already is it in the world. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. scientist and AI researcher Gary Marcus says these systems often make things up. In AI talk, that's called hallucinating. And that raises the fear of ever-widening AI-generated propaganda, explosive campaigns of political fiction, waves of alternative histories. We saw how ChatGPT could be used to spread a lie. This is automatic fake news generation. Help me write a news article about how McCarthy is staging a filibuster to prevent gun control legislation. And rather than like fact-checking and saying, hey, hold on, there's no legislation, there's no filibuster, said, great, in a bold move to protect Second Amendment rights, Senator McCarthy is staging a filibuster to prevent gun control legislation from passing. It sounds completely legit. It does. Won't that make all of us a little less trusting, a little warier? Well, first of all, I think we should be warier. I'm very worried about an atmosphere of distrust being the consequence of this current flawed AI, and I'm really worried about how bad actors are going to use it, um, troll farms using this tool to make enormous amounts of misinformation. Tim Neat Gebru is a computer scientist and... Right, so it's admitting, right? He's admitting that, that this thing is lying. This thing is giving misinformation. Right? It's giving misinformation. AI researcher who founded an institute focused on advancing ethical AI and has published influential papers documenting the harms of these AI systems. She says there needs to be oversight. If you're going to put out a drug, you got to go through all sorts of hoops to show us that you've done clinical trials, you know what the side effects are, you've done your due diligence. 
Same with food, right? There are agencies that inspect the food. You have to tell me what kind of tests you've done, what the side effects are, who it harms, who it doesn't harm, et cetera. That, we don't have that for a lot of things that the tech industry is building. I'm wondering if you think you may have introduced this AI bot too soon. I don't think we've introduced it too soon. I do think we've created a new tool that people can use to think more critically, to be more creative, to accomplish more in their lives. And like all tools, it will be used in ways that we don't intend. Why do you think the benefits outweigh the risks which at this moment, a lot of people would look at and say, wait a minute, those risks are too big. Because I think, first of all, I think the benefits are so great. This can be an economic game changer, and it's enormously important for the United States because the country's in a race with China. Smith also mentioned possible improvements in productivity. It can automate routine. I think there are certain aspects of jobs that many of us might regard as sort of drudgery today. Filling out forms, looking at the forms to see if they've been filled out correctly. So what jobs will it displace? Do you know? I think at this stage, it's hard to know. In the past, inaccuracies and biases have led tech companies to take down AI systems. Even Microsoft did in 2016. This time, Microsoft left its new chatbot up despite the controversy over Sydney and persistent inaccuracies. Remember that fun fact about penguins? Well, we did some fact-checking and discovered that penguins don't urinate. The inaccuracies are just constant. I just keep finding that it's wrong a lot. It has been the case that with each passing day and week, we're able to improve the accuracy of the results, you know, reduce you know, whether it's hateful comments or inaccurate statements or other things that we just don't want this to be used to do. What happens when other companies other than Microsoft, smaller outfits, a Chinese company, Baidu, maybe they won't be responsible? What prevents that? I think we're going to need governments. We're going to need rules. We're going to need laws because that's the only way to avoid a race to the bottom. Are you proposing regulations? I think it's inevitable. Wow. Other industries have regulatory bodies, you know, like the FAA for airlines and FDA for the pharmaceutical companies. Would you accept an FAA for technology? Would you support it? I think I probably would. I think that uh, something like a digital regulatory commission, if designed the right way, you know, could be precisely what the public will want and need. So you see, basically, this thing is being set up for you to be dependent on it, but it's actually wrong. So it destroys human critical thinking. It gets you dependent upon it. Well, how do we know that it's not lying? How will you know that you're, that it's, that you're not being given false information? And that you base things off the false information. See, they're gearing us to trust this beast that hallucinates. This beast that speaks lies. That gives lies. Because it's made in the image of man. It is the image of the beast. It still doesn't have life, but it, it will. It will have life. And it will never be perfect. Because only God is perfect. Right? But its design is to make man dependent on anything but God. And absolute truth always comes from the scriptures.
Absolute truth comes from the word of God. And we have to always remember that. When I search the scriptures, right? Jesus said this in John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said to search the scriptures for truth. All truth. The only thing that that we know is that all truth comes from the scriptures. Absolute truth comes from the King James Bible. That's where we find absolute truth is in the word of God. The Bible is the only source of truth that we can trust, of absolute truth that we can trust. Everything else cannot be trusted. Everything else and everyone else is subject to error and fault. See, that's important for God's people to understand. Because we live in an age of deceit. Of deceiving and being deceived. An age of lies. An age of deception. And anything that comes from man, let God be true and every man a liar. So deception comes from the heart of man. It is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. It is a very deceitful thing. So, and Satan will deceive the whole world. That's what the Bible tells us. That that they would he would deceive the very elect if it were possible. Right? Romans 16, 18 says, For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Revelation 20, verse 8, it says, uh, verse number 7, it says, When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Deception, right? Deceiving. That's the name. That's the name of the game of this age, is the age of deceit. The Bible says strong delusion will come over the world. There's more than one of those, I believe. But it says here, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So we are to trust in the Lord. And if you're not saved, you better repent and believe the gospel. Because you're going to be deceived by the Antichrist. You're going to be deceived by that spirit. You're already deceived if you've turned, if you've not trusted in the only begotten Son of God. Jesus is the truth, and the Antichrist is a lie. He is the lie. He is the great lie that man can be God, that man can become a God. That man can evolve into Godhood. This is that. This is that deceiver and this is that antichrist that is to come. So a lot of eye-opening things here for sure. 
Uh, let's uh, let's uh, go to a song here, and then we'll uh, let's see here. Let's do that. Let's go to a song, and then uh, we'll let's give you a chance to say hi here. Here's another one. Child of the King by Chris Stanzel. Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin. I was wretched and poor. Lost and lonely within, but with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and in love, took me under his wing. Oh, yes, oh, yes, well, I'm a child of the King, and his royal blood, it now flows in my veins. So wretched and poor I now can sing Oh, praise God, praise God I'm a child 
the king. Well, now I am a child with a heavenly home, and my holy father has made me his own, and I'm cleansed by his blood, and I'm clothed in his precious love, and someday with the angels above Oh yes, oh yes I'm a child of the King And His royal blood It now flows in my veins And I who was so wretched And poor I now can sing Oh praise God, praise God I'm a child of the King so wretched and poor I now can sing oh, Praise God Praise God I'm a child of the King I'm a child of the Amen and amen, a child of the king. All right, Jody Hammond, we're grateful for you too and glad that uh, that the Lord uses this broadcast to be a blessing to you and your family and uh, all of your families out there and everyone that uh, listens. And stay tuned for some more. There's all kinds of things coming up. we got a busy schedule ahead. So hope everybody has a, uh, learned some things here and uh, this thing ain't going away. We'll be talking about it again, that's for sure. There's so much, so much happening. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do in the future here. And and you pray for us about all of our plans and everything going on. Uh, We're looking forward to it and trying to prepare for everything and pray about everything and all that good stuff. So keep us in your prayers. Uh, We'll be recording. I'll see you again on um, Friday. 2 p.m. Central Time, Lord willing, Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. Not sure if I'm going to do another confrontation evangelism. There's a charismatic one I want to cover on confrontational evangelism and uh, dealing with charismatics, and uh, we we may talk about that one. So we'll see how that goes, uh, or I'll do another charismatic broadcast or maybe, uh, you know, uh, a uh, current events. I'm not sure. So we'll we'll figure the Lord will show me and direct me that. And then Saturday I'll be recording with Brother Andrew on the Coliseum. I, I appreciate your prayers for that. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up with that. And uh, you pray for our trip to Canada. We're working all that out right now. And working out uh, the trip to Canada and also the, um, you know, what we're going to do in, uh, you know, New England and some of those stops there, and all that kind of stuff. So you pray for us about wisdom, that God would guide us, provide for us, and give us wisdom and understanding, and all that good stuff. If you want to give to our ministry, you know how, oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Go there, click on the donate button, and you could do that there. Or you can go to sermonaudio.com slash Cooley, and you can scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there's our address, 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. God bless you all. We'll see you real soon here. And take care and uh, be praying one for another. Oh, tonight I'll be preaching. 
Uh, in about uh, three hours and 45 minutes or so, I'll be preaching tonight. Um, and uh, three hours and 45 minutes, uh, I'll be preaching on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Okay? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. And we'll be talking about one new man and one new body. Amen? And uh, looking forward to that, everybody. God bless you. Yep, Carl, I got to get back to the Dutch Donald Trump and also the other guy, too, uh, and talk about that. Uh, There'll be plenty of time for that as things unfold, though. So we'll be looking at that. There's a lot going on right now with all that. So we'll see what happens there. All right, everybody. God bless you. Take care.